The Red 78. Once we were back, we were back for a period That was when the televisions were in black and white, Quinn. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, big buttons and no remote. Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. To the uh, front row depth chart. This is officially the start of our World Cup countdown. Mike Sherry, good morning to you. Oh, you're on mute, I think. Either on our side or on your side. No, it must be on us. Yeah. We'll we get you back in one second. I, I build it up. I'm, a, I'm the circus <laughs> ringmaster and... Uh, we better be quick because... The line comes out and goes. There's only, nah. what, a year to go? <clears throat> we better be quick getting this, uh, this build-up build up in. It's exciting, though. It is exciting. Um, a lot of nervous players probably listening in this morning. We'll see, we, see yeah. where they are in the depth chart. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, we got you back, Mike. How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me? Yeah, this time, perfect. Yeah, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Uh, look, we're, we're being mildly facetious when it comes to the World Cup countdown because we, we should stop living in the prison of only ever seeing Irish rugby through the World Cup and just enjoy it for what it is. But at the same time, it is a World Cup season. And so um, while, uh, while we might be talking about it, obviously within the Ireland camp, they're thinking about it. That's why we have the Emerging Ireland Tour as well. So when it comes to the depth chart for the front row is it very obvious at the moment and is that one of the problems we have is that the gap between our front line first choice and the lads who are coming behind them is just a bit too big yeah like I was I, I put it together yesterday um, on the back of a, an envelope and um, it, there was nothing surprising there like I was writing names it's kind of par for the course you know pretty much his first choice Who's second choice? There's a little bit of debate about Hooker, I would imagine. Dan Sheen, Ron Kelleher, I would say Dan is ahead at the minute. Based off the fact of his own form and Ron's had um, a couple a couple injuries. But overall, it's pretty well set now at this stage. And it's it's getting the depth underneath to be able to deal with any injuries is probably the main concern feeding into it. And the, the depth isn't the problem just for Ireland. It's actually a problem for the provinces as well, where they're constantly trying to hothouse new, younger particularly props how difficult is it for somebody to get up to speed at the very top level so that you can go from playing URC to Heineken Cup what's the difference in terms of scrummaging from your perspective and, and what you would have experienced as a player um, between URC and Heineken Cup yeah look it is a, it is a big step up um, it's a whole different week different environment uh, different atmosphere you're playing like you can go from playing you know Dragons, a couple of thousands to an absolutely packed out Tom Park. So um, it's a different, uh, it's a different beast entirely. Uh, and then the, <clears throat> the step up to international. Wish I could give you a bit more of an insight into the step up from um, European rugby to international. But again, I would imagine it's a huge step up again. So um, going through those building blocks of club rugby, A rugby, URC. European and then into um, international rugby takes time and like you say they are trying to shoehorn a few guys in but they have to do that and it's either sink or swim Where do you, where do you stand Mike on the, on the Emerging Ireland Tour itself like I know there's been a bit of back and forth of controversy before it ever started but is it a legitimate I guess opportunity for some of these players to stake a proper claim for, for squad selection Some I would imagine um, the likes of um, Frawley Balakoon um, I would think overall it's more to get a look at the guys and the environment, travelling, getting to see them, how their personalities work in a group atmosphere and an environment like that. The quality of games looks to be pretty low, unfortunately. Um, 
I heard someone saying during the week that possibly a um, a good AIL team would have given the uh, merging team a better a better game than than they just played. So from that point of view, it's a little disappointing. But um, there are some there overall. I wouldn't imagine too many of the people down there or players down there would feature in the uh, in the touring squad to the World Cup. Yeah, I suppose the other thing is that from the, the uh, it's an opportunity for that coaching ticket to develop as well and to kind of have, you know, this is the first time they've had not had Andy Farrell in the room going, OK, we're going to do it this way and this way and this way and this way. So from Easterby's perspective, I'd say it's a good opportunity for him to spread his wings a bit and to get a taste of what it's like to be the, the, the lead and even just for the rest of them, like a, that's probably a, an under remarked upon part of that whole tour is like that's an interesting kind of that's a decision that's, that was interesting but anyway to go back to the, the front row um, what do you learn from being pitched into Heineken Cup games like do we need to do we need to bite the bullet this season a little bit and give some players who might not be first choice experience of of being in the scrum when you're saying it's a different week is it a different match experience as well like you're obviously against better players what's the impact on your own performance when you're against a better player in the in the scrum um, it can be one of two ways. You can up your performance knowing that if you're not at a certain level, you can uh, be put back in your box pretty quickly and, and be a weakness in the team and any weakness at that level is exposed or it can get to you and you ultimately are exposed. Um, yeah, look, what I mean by it's a different week, uh, there's just more scrutiny, there's more media, there's... Um, like when I was leaving rugby... Um, they were similar weeks from when I first got involved with the Monster team in, in 09. There was a definite, definite difference between the week of a Magnus League, as it was then, match as opposed to European match. Not in terms of a lackadaisical attitude, but it just was different. Um, there was a different playing group, first of all. Um, and there, was a, there wasn't as much attention on it. It wasn't do or die. Um, so that's kind of the difference, like with with Munster anyway. Over the last twenty or so years, it's completely do or die in European Cup rugby. Obviously, we need to, um, I, I suppose, not lower expectations, but make them more realistic. That you know, we can't can't look to win both tournaments every single year, uh, and then if you don't, it's an absolute write off of the season, which is what it kind of it, it appeared in the the noughties. If Munster didn't win the European Cup, it was you know this is a disaster of a season, or that's not realistic anymore. But um, it's just more pressure on you to perform, bigger crowds, more media attention, and a higher level of rugby in competition. Okay, let's get into the depth chart. So uh, at loose heads, we have it's very clear pecking order. Andrew Porter's number one on your list. You have Keen Healy two, Dave Kilcoin three, Jeremy Lukeman four, and James Cronin five. So. Um, Andrew Porter is one of those undroppables from Ireland's first choice team, right? He's he's established himself as somebody who's at the very top level of the game at the moment. Yeah, um, absolutely. Other than injury, um, he's going to be um, one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, playing significant minutes as well. You're looking at 60, 70 minutes sometimes, um, which is rare enough for a prop, but that's the situation we're in. That's the level he's playing at. And that's not to disparage what's beneath him, but he's just operating at a very, very uh, elite level at the minute. You've got Keane Hooley down as a, a, a loose head. Is there is that is that where he is now from your perspective? Do you think that's like how the, the last few years of his career is going to finish up? Because there was some talk about maybe him finishing out as a, a sub off the bench or an emergency tight head. Yeah, um, 
perhaps if they're if they're in a in a bind, I see him as a loose head. He's played there for fifteen years now at this stage, um, and a really good guy to bring off the bench. Um, he kind of peaks and drops. He goes through really good patches of form, um, which he seems to be in at the minute. Not getting too much rugby. Um, I know he made his 250th appearance there uh, a few weeks ago, which again is incredible considering the amount of international rugby he's played as well. So, look, he's a brilliant guy to have there. Uh, and on his day, he's world class as well. But I, I just think Porter has perhaps gone to the level Keane was at maybe five, six, seven years ago. Is there anybody else on that list? So Dave Kilcoyne, Jeremy Lukeman, James Cronin, <coughs> who could... Uh, see a peak like what what like what's Jeremy Lukeman's ceiling he's a really talented player yeah he's he's an athlete he's very fast very skillful um, a couple of years ago people always refer to it but I think he threw out like a 30 metre spin pass off his left hand side out the wing um, in a European game when he's on in full motion so you know it's not many props that can do that I know Tyke Furlong probably um, makes us all think it's easy for props to do that but it's not and uh He's a really good player. Um, he's had a couple of injuries. He's in the environment. He's he's gone on tour with them. They know what he's like, and yeah, he's he, he's got a lot of potential. He's still young. I think one interesting one is James Cronin. I just I don't think you can ignore the fact that he's starting week in week out for Premiership winners, Leicester. Um, they're absolutely entrenched in set piece, scrum, mall, all that is, is what the club is built on. Um, and if he gets a run of form. He's a really, really good player. Um, he's matured a lot. He's gone through a lot. Uh, I read a, a nice article with him uh, last week. So I just think he's in a very good place. I met him over the summer um, and he was loving the environment. And, you know, if you're playing week in, week out for a team like Leicester, uh, it's very hard to ignore considering the lack of depth we have here. Uh, one of those players who maybe, you know, obviously is not uh, up for selection at the moment, but who, in case of emergency, we could break glass for a World Cup. He is. No, we could if if we needed to. We could say, right, look, we're changing the rules. It's the World Cup. Sorry, guys. I thought, I thought you were going to announce someone there. As oh no. The <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think the rules could be changed for him. Um, you know, prop is an area that we just can't go in undercooked or under resourced to a World Cup. Uh, helps that it's in France. You know, it's not the big massive travel over, but. Um, yeah, like he's he's played there before. I know he's only he's only got three caps, which I found incredible. Um, haven't played with him for years. You know, himself and Dave Kilcoyne were competing against each other for the past ten or twelve years in Munster, and one of them would get injured, the other one would get in and have a great run of form and get up with Ireland, and then vice versa would happen. But you know, I, I've a lot of time for him as a player. I think he's he's very good on his day. OK, to Hooker, you've already said you think Dan Sheen is slightly ahead of, of Ronan Keller at the moment. Uh, the cliche we, we throw out in this show all the time, the best ability is availability. <clears throat> Dan Sheen has largely been bulletproof um, and Ronan Keller has been very unfortunate with injuries. It's kind of nip and tuck, is it? Or is there, are you starting to see Sheehan create a bit of separation in terms of the pecking order? Uh, look, when you're scoring four tries in a game, uh, it's very hard to ignore that. Now, I know he's not doing much of the work. He's hanging off the back of the mall, but um, like he, he's incredibly dynamic. Throwing technique is excellent. He had two crookets against Ulster, but they were tired throws, and he was putting himself around the pitch. In general, his throwing is excellent. Um, and yeah, it's a little concerning about Kelleher. Uh, he's picking up injuries now. He had surgery over the summer. Um, I know from experience, it's a very attritional position, and if you get in a bad run of injuries, you know it's 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 hard to get back up to the level you're at. Now, 
he hasn't had too many uh, to the point where it might be detrimental to his overall performance and ability. But you'd like to see him get a clean bill of health uh, leading up into the November internationals and then the Six Nations. And then it's a really, really good contest between the two guys for both Leinster and Ireland. I think we're blessed. The two of them are absolutely world-class on the day. So uh, if they're fit, we're very well uh, served there. That attrition point is an interesting one, Mike, because I'm, I was looking back last night just before we had you on this morning that Keith Woods' front row depth chart from, I think it was the start of last year, where, where he had Rob Herring as number one. He obviously mentioned Dan Sheehan as kind of the next generation. But is it age profile that goes against someone? Like I know you have Rob Herring in his number three there, but when you're looking for a World Cup uh, next year, I think Dan Sheehan has maybe seven or eight years on Rob Herring. Is that is that kind of what you're looking for here, that you need someone young, someone with a bit of uh, less mileage on the clock maybe for a World Cup? Um, not particularly, to be honest. Um, I just think Dan is, uh, at the minute, performing to a level that he makes himself number one, regardless of his age or experience. I think Rob is a really good guy to have um, for a um, for a match that maybe you want to rest your frontline players for, but you still want to keep consistency. He's a brilliant uh, thrower of the ball, really good around set piece, and he's a good player around the park as well. So. If there was an injury, he's an excellent guy to um, <clears throat> to fill in and also to to rest guys while maintaining a, a high level. He's he's uh, he's probably at that level where he's just below the two guys. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I'd have him, regardless of his, his age or experience. How close are Heffernan and Scannell to Herring? <clears throat> it's kind of a supporting cast to the two guys. Um, I think they prefer Herring. I think his set piece work is very strong, and he has, he has a bit of dynamism around the pitch. I think um, <clears throat> Dave Heffernan would perhaps be more dynamic around the pitch, but maybe doesn't have as strong a set piece as Rob. And then Niall Scandal is very strong around set piece. Uh, maybe his uh, work around the pitch wouldn't be quite at the level of Dan Sheen or Ronan Kelleher. So again, three really good guys to have in your squad uh, will absolutely fulfil a role and perform at a level when you, when you need them to. But I think the two the two Lancer guys have pushed themselves to where they're in conversations around some of the most dynamic and best hookers in Europe if not world rugby at the minute yeah for sure there's definitely separation between those two in, a tight head again tight furlong uh, there's, there's no one going to have any argument here you got Finley Beelham second Tom O'Toole third John Ryan fourth and Marty Moore fifth um, I don't think Marty Moore has been around the Ireland squad too much uh, since even since he's he's come back to to play his rugby in Ireland uh, but is there a world in which you bring somebody like Marty Moore on the occasion where you're up against a team who are potentially going to scrummage you off the park, right? where if like um, you know, let, let's assume Furlong plays, right? But if there is, say we're going up against South Africa, is there a world in which you decide actually, you know what, I'm going to put Marty Moore out there, and he's going to lock down that scrum for us, and we're going to have no concerns about getting our own ball back when we have it, and we're going to have no concerns about conceding penalties when they have it. Like, because I just heard in commentary the other night somebody say, "Oh, it's a great position for uh, Ulster to be in to have their best scrummager coming off the bench." And I'm like, "Is there? You know, World Cup is a weird thing where you play three games in two weeks and then massive games week on week, and the attrition rates, as you've talked about, are massively high. Is there is there a world in which you bring somebody who is just there to lock down the scrum for half an hour, or twenty minutes in a game, and you go, "Well, that was a, a strategic decision that we made. He might not actually be the second or third best." Uh, tight heads that we have uh, yeah I, I, I see a world in where that happens um, I have John Ryan ahead of him obviously John is over in England now the only reason I have him ahead of him is he's been involved with the squad 
um, more recently than, than Marty. I don't think I can remember the last time Marty was involved in a squad. It's been several years, but as you said, he is um, one of, if not the best, uh, scrummaging titles in the country. Um, and the fact that it's in France, maybe you don't bring him in your initial squad, but you know he's training away, keeping fit with Ulster, playing rugby, and he's there if you need to call him in. Um Maybe he's a little bit outside their thinking at the minute, but to have him in the back pocket is is hugely beneficial. Um, and maybe there's something that we don't know about that he's not involved in squads. Maybe there's an aspect of his game that the coaches have asked him to work on, and it hasn't got to the level that they weren't were, they wanted to be. But uh, from a purely scrummaging point of view, um, a guy like him is invaluable. So if they're struggling, if they're coming up against a big pack, he's a he's a good card to draw. Is familiarity important there, Mike, as well? Like, it obviously strikes me that Porter Sheehan, Furlong, hard to argue with any of the three, all Leinster players as well. Like, the fact that they're kind of used to playing with each other at provincial level, is that is that an important aspect to this too when you're picking your, your first three? Yeah, yeah, it would be. Um, look, the more reps you can get, line out, uh, scrum, mall, the better. The more combinations you can... Um, Sorry, the, the more comfortable you can be in your combination, um, the better for everyone. You know, the, the three lads plus Kelleher, um, they'll be scrummaging day in, day out with each other up in, in Leinster. And then when they go to Ireland camp, it's second nature to them. So it definitely aids their ability to perform um, and build up a relationship with each other. And, you know, all this all this counts, you know, how much you want to help your buddy out beside you as opposed to some new guy coming in. And, you know, I'm not saying you'll drop your levels, but, you know, it all feeds into the psychology of it and, and that extra 1% of your performance. One last question for you. Is there anybody outside this list who you think might be a bolter potential for a World Cup? <laughs> here, put me on the spot here. Uh, I'll go back to my envelope and see if I had any names scribbled down. Um, is there anyone... Fanine, or sorry, not Fanine, uh, Josh Witcherly is someone I probably should have uh, should have mentioned. Um, he's involved with the emerging squad. He's been up in Ireland camps. Possibly on the loose head side, he could be involved. Um, if Ireland are very strict on not using anyone from England, he could um, go in there ahead of James Cronin. Um, but no, like it's something that, you know, I know I have five in each position there. All five are good players, but a couple injuries and we are quite bare. So, yeah. One probably needs to put their hand up in the next uh, five, six months of the season and maybe get into an Ireland camp over the summer. But there's no one that really stands out at the minute. Well, fingers crossed somebody does put their their hand up as well. And, and you know, we'll all be um, uh, praying to whatever we believe in that uh, that front row doesn't get injured. Mike, great stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. Cheers, lads. Nice talk. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.